0: Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, be inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith.
1: Well, it's great to be with you always, um, no matter where and when. I love bringing you stories and guests um, that maybe you haven't heard of before. Maybe you have. Um, But again, stories that uplift and inspire. Tonight's show is no exception. I have an interesting family dynamic within a new youtube series that's going on called cooking together generations and you're going to hear from the rose and mcmahon family here they have been cooking together In these youtube videos um and all in commemoration of their mom and grandma and wife that passed away two years ago um they used to do the segment together the husband and wife but when she passed uh, the daughter came in and now three generations are cooking together and they have wonderful cooking segments and i just think it's such a a really neat thing to do and also proceeds from their new cookbook Goes towards the Susan G. Cohen Foundation for Breast Cancer Awareness and Research, always a very important, um, you know. an important topic. And so I look forward to having cooking together generations in the house and uh, you'll get to meet these three inspiring people. This is The Way Home and it's brought to you by Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule. You talk about inspiring. You want to inspire your health as much as you want to inspire your heart and your mind and your spirit. And doing that is by getting, well, I would say nutrition in its purest form, fruits and vegetables. That's really what it's all about. It's not about creating things in a laboratory and hoping you can mimic what you're supposed to get. No, it's just fruits and vegetables in their purest form. And the only product on the market that allows you to get that in, a, in portions of 11 servings at 31 variety in the fruits and vegetables every single day is balance of nature. It's so unique, and it's just an incredible incredible product, and my family has been taking it for probably over eight years now, maybe even 10. I'm trying to even count, but it's been a long time, and we are all so grateful for it, both of my parents, myself, uh, my daughter, my friends, um, because they see what it did for me. They see um, how their, not only is their nutrition higher, but they're immune system has been boosted as a result of it. My father, who's in his 80s, has not had a cold since he started taking the product, which is just really a miracle because he got so many colds every year. Um, This has been really something for us. So Balance of Nature is not found in stores. It's found online at balanceofnature.com. You just have to order it online or you can call them at 800- 2468751. Two four six eight seven five one that's eight hundred two four six eight seven fifty one and no matter how you order or when you order, put Laura the word Laura, my name into the promo code because that will let them know that you heard it here on the way home with Laura Smith, and you'll get thirty five percent off of your first preferred order and free shipping, so Laura into the promo code at balance of com. when we come back the wonderful rose family cooking together generations don't go
2: away it's the way home balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time
3: my son brought it over to me and he said mom i've tried a lot of stuff but this i'm telling you it works And I'm telling you, it really did make a difference. My attitude changed, my energy level really did peak. To me, it's a miracle. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's like I am so thankful for you guys. I really, really am. I've taken a lot of stuff through the years, and this is the only thing that has actually continued to do exactly what you claim it does
2: Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code Laura.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura.
1: Well, I've been having a lot of fun lately uh, finding different people who are really doing not only what their passions are in the world and creating content in media or whether it's musicians or roasting coffee or whatever they're doing, but they're doing it and a lot of it has a purpose behind it and a story as well and um, helping uh, a lot of different foundations. We had uh, Trey Gray on recently with his uh, foundation for um, Huntington's disease and he plays the drums for uh, all these amazing, huge acts in country music. And And so I, I like doing that. I like highlighting people that are not only uh, kind of living their passions and having fun and creating products and doing things, but also doing it with a purpose in mind. And so my next guests are really uh, a, a true example of that. But in, in a most family of ways. I have a group here. um, They have a video that is, uh, I think it's weekly now, on YouTube called Cooking Together Generations. And it truly is uh, generations. Let's see, we have Tom, the dad, Tom Rose, and the son, Brock Rose, and Amanda McMahon, Brock's daughter. And they are cooking together in memory of Tom's wife, Joyce they used to do a cooking segment in the Midwest on TV in the mornings and for many years, 10 years, and uh, they've created a cookbook and proceeds of it are going towards breast cancer awareness and the Susan G. Komen Foundation. And so I welcome together here on the show, this wonderful family, the Rose family, McMahon family, uh, cooking together generations. Thank you so much for joining me today on the way home. Thank you for
4: having us. Our Thanks. pleasure.
5: Thank you.
1: Yes, I had the great pleasure of sitting in as being your, I think, one of your first guests back after the pandemic. You do cooking segments in your home, Tom, correct? And, correct. and Tom, you're the dad. Correct. And uh, you and your wife, Joyce, cooked how many years together? You gave cooking classes way back when, and then it turned into a, a weekly tele- t- television or daily?
4: Television. No, it was weekly. It was a weekly, weekly. St- weekly segment on the Fox, local Fox affiliate. Every Wednesday morning, uh, we did a, a segment for them for actually for 13 years, 10 years uh, uh, in succession, but uh, we did it a couple, two or three years before off and on. So actually, 13 years we were there.
1: And so you and Joyce would cook together. What was the main thrust of it? I know you you did Chinese food for a while, but then you what did quick and easy recipes. What was sort of the thrust? Why did um, cooking together, which is the name of the segment on TV at the time, why did it become so popular? What was it that you and Joyce did together that was so unique that people just couldn't get enough of?
4: Well, I think, number one, just the couple doing it. Uh, you know uh, you know a married couple doing it together and uh and and them seeing us enjoy doing it together, which is the way it is now with the three of us uh you you'll you watch us i think you'll uh you'll know that we're we're having a good time, and uh whatever happens happens so uh, absolutely you, you let, well, i love
1: I love how you parlayed that so you and you you cooked with Joyce for all those many years and you had an amazing long marriage and And uh, and it was just so much joy. I I have your cookbook in front of me here that that is dedicated to her. It's called Cooking Together Revisited a Cook's Cookbook. And um, you've sort of morphed now into doing these cooking segments. Not only with your son, Brock, but your granddaughter, Amanda. And I, like I said, I got to sit in on your first uh, YouTube show last week that actually had guests back after the pandemic, sitting in your kitchen, drinking wine, watching you cook. Last week's segment, segment was cooking with coffee. Um, and so you made the most amazing steak, uh, rubbed in coffee and carrots uh, like in, I don't even know what, how you would say what you did to it. Cause I don't cook enough to know, but uh, let's talk a little bit, Brock. Um, so you ended up, you're in advertising and stuff, but you ended up cooking on this segment now with your daughter and your dad um, in memory of your mom. Uh, so are all of you just natural cooks in the family? You're not Italian or anything.
6: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be a Rosa. Uh, no, Rosa. Uh, I, I, I think, Really where it happened was, is, you know, I, I go back to when I was in high school and I was wrestling and and I didn't get to eat all the good stuff that they were cooking. But I got to stand there and watch. I got to learn the preparation styles, uh, nice cuts and those types of things. And I just kind of carried that over in my life. And if my wife was along here, uh, she would tell you that I do most of the cooking at home now because of that um that experience with my mom and dad uh, they always had a passion for cooking always had dinner parties and i always wanted to be involved somehow so that's kind of where where i came in and i think i passed that off to amanda i don't know she might disagree so what How? Is am i right
5: yeah you're right i think learned from watching you and also grandma and grandpa taught me a lot too so not something that necessarily came naturally, but I learned a lot <laughs> by doing.
1: <laughs> well, I know, Amanda, that your background is originally in theater. You were a theater major in, in college and everything, and, and now you have a totally different job. But this is what I love about this segment that you guys produce together. It is... The three generations, and you guys are just adorable together. I mean, you're funny, you're knowledgeable about cooking. You, Amanda, you seem to take on the libations of the uh, of the whole segment. So you made a, a coffee inspired martini last week that went with this incredible coffee rubbed steak and the carrots and uh, you did that so well, but the three of you play off each other, and it's a remarkable. Tom, you're eighty years old, right?
4: Yes, ma'am. That's what he tells everybody, anyway. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I have to say, I was so incredibly uh, impressed with your, you know, prowess in the kitchen there. But I guess from doing it on TV all those years with Joyce and And yet you and you were sitting there drinking a glass of wine. This was like 10 o'clock in the morning. But it was, you know, that doesn't matter because that people are watching you cook, they think it's at night or whatever. Um, But you just had it all together and it's just so natural for you guys. You're all sort of, I think you're all a little bit theatrical and it's kind of in the bloodline there. but it must be really special for you to be cooking now with your granddaughter. I know you must miss your wife, but you've got your son and your granddaughter with you. Is that fun for you, Tom?
4: It was, it's It's a great joy. It it, it, it filled a big hole after I lost Joyce in 2019, August of 2019, and when the kids decided they wanted to do this, it really helped me move forward. And it inspired me to go ahead and do the cookbook, which we had Joyce and i been working on for about 17 years. So um, I had two thousand recipes to pare down to like two hundred. So and it, it got me through the COVID year too. Was that it was when with nothing to do and staying home, the uh, the cookbook and doing that was great.
1: Yeah, the cookbook is wonderful. I have to say, I w- was reading it today, and um, f- first of all, there's obviously all sorts of handpicked recipes that some came down through the family and some were just favorites from over the years that you had done. But I love the layout. First of all, you have, it's very inspirational because you talk about your, your beautiful wife here. She passed away from breast cancer, um, two years ago. And, um, so a, a lot of this is inspired by her and, and you wanted to make sure that that people knew that, uh, you know what it was about so you put her story on the back and how incredible she was as a woman and now the proceeds from this cookbook which is called cooking together revisited a cookbook a cook's cookbook it's um part of the proceeds are going to the susan g coman foundation right tom so i know yeah. that you you try to do a lot of different things to give money to that great foundation all of you do
4: yeah well that i i just kind of took that as a that's a project, uh, and again, to fill a void, uh, gave me something to do, something to work on, uh, something to concentrate on, something to be involved with. Uh, so it, it, you know, it's really helped me. And and again, like I say, that being able to be joined by the family and doing these things, you know, I, I can't, I don't think I can explain how, how really how I really feel when we do it. Maybe you can see it. I don't know, but we, I just, <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs>
1: It's, I think, there's uh, so much joy. Yeah, go ahead, Brock.
4: Oh, no, I'm sorry, Laura. I, I think he's
6: being a little bit humble there too because this has spun off into some other projects for him. Um, he's actually helping uh, men who have lost their spouses, um, who don't know how to cook, who their wives have cooked for them all those years, and all of a sudden uh, they're alone. They don't have nowhere to cook. They don't want to go out every evening. Um, And he's taken it even further, uh, how to do laundry, how to grocery shop. Um, So, and it's a great service that he does for free locally here that uh, I I think is helping some people out. And again, honors the memory of my mother in a way that uh, I think she would be very proud of.
1: Oh, without a doubt. And I heard that you were doing that, Tom, and I was so amazed that At your age, 80 years old, you're creating videos and content that are absolutely wonderful, but you're also volunteering your time to helping other widows who are maybe going through what you went through, except you had the great leg up in terms of being already knowing how to cook and doing all these things because you had done them all those years with your wife, but you're right. So many men are not. My father, God forbid, if anything happened to my mother, I think he might just, you know, whittle away on you know on the sofa there with it, because I don't think he's ever even made an egg in his entire life. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Not to mention not the dishes, but he's a great man in many other ways. But cooking, he definitely didn't know how to do. What an incredible service you're offering. Um you know, that it what an amazing thing. You are probably really giving hope to some of these these gentlemen that um wouldn't know where to turn if it wasn't for someone like you. And then they feel like they can relate because you're you both have gone through the same thing there. Amanda, uh, I know your husband is the guy who takes the the videos of the show Cooking Together Generations every week. You found him, was it in Nashville?
5: Yes, Nashville, Tennessee. That's where You found met. each
1: other, I should say. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and he was a foodie too, and um, so now he does all the, the camera work and you work in the kitchen and everything. Um, tell me as being you know your grandma was the one who like inspired this and for you as well um being the the youngest of this three generational youtube series now what is it like working with your dad your grandpa how does that feel for you
5: uh it's it's awesome i think you know we've had a lot of back and forth about what this means to us personally and how we wanted this to be structured and it always always come back to spending time with each other in honor of my grandma. But it's always what it's come down to. So uh, for me, it it means a lot. And it, I would echo what my grandpa said, that it's helped fill a space. And it's been something that we feel like we can be proud of now that she's gone and that she would be proud of. And it's really nice working with them. As, Uh, You know, my dad used to be my golf coach, and that was, uh, you know, interesting. So I've worked with them in other capacities, and I've got to say this is the best way we've worked together (laughs) since, you know, uh, before. Well, you know what I was
1: so struck by? I was so struck by the natural camaraderie, the laughter that goes on when you're in the kitchen cooking together. You're making fun of each other. You're, you're, uh, you know, clinking glasses together. You're laughing. I mean, it's just a beautiful, it's inspirational to me because it just really shows you that, you know, if you, if you really make an effort, families can do some really wonderful things together. And not just when the kids are little and, you know, you've got all those family things, it can continue on throughout the years. I mean, it's just really a cool thing. I, I, I felt almost envious. I was like, wow, how to be able to be, creating something every week with your with your parent and your grandparent. It's just such an amazing opportunity. So I love that. Um, in in general, what types of uh, dishes do you make? Because the videos are what? They're like maybe 15 minutes long, 20 minutes long at the most?
6: About 15 to 20, yeah.
4: We and- try to pick a theme like we did with coffee. Or like we're we're going when when this is over here, we're going to go, we're going to film a fourth of July episode. So we've got some things some recipes we're gonna feature for fourth of July. So we're gonna go we're gonna go film that here shortly. Uh, we just kind of pick a theme, uh, and I guess they kind of leave that up to me. I come up with four or five different things and they say that sounds like good. Let's do that, let's have fun with that. And with all the recipes I have, I mean, like two thousand of them, it's easy to yes. find something, you know. Uh, so when we did the coffee one, like I, I think while you were there, I explained that I got those recipes from a gentleman in Florida, twenty years, twenty-five years ago. And Joyce and I went to this restaurant where he featured using coffee and everything, and he shared some of those with us. And along the way, we changed them a little bit to to, to meet our taste, so to speak. We did that sure. a lot. We would we'd go to a restaurant and then. Find something that we really like and then try to figure it out and make it and then make it maybe again to our taste. maybe absolutely or whatever so
1: even better and you know i you even made a salad dressing with coffee in it last week throughout that whole thing and every it was so delicious i have never eaten such delicious steak so early in the morning that was (laughs) awesome it was really by
4: the way by the way the wine is just a prop i'm not really drinking that (laughs)
1: Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, of
6: liar,
4: course. liar, pants on fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I'm the one
6: that's it. not drinking, Laura. If you notice, my glass had water in it.
1: That is true, I did notice that. And the rest of us were drinking coffee martinis and wine at 10 a.m. So uh, yes, we're not pointing fingers at anybody. Another beautiful feature, by the way, in your cookbook is uh, this great fun facts on the side, or not fun facts, but they're just say it's a fact. And you've got this on every single page here. And I started binge reading them today because once you start, you learn so much. You have so many interesting facts about when the first cookbook was was ever found, you know, in like the third century or something, and and all these different interesting things. And that's included in this beautiful book called Cooking Together. Can people get your, your cookbook and where the proceeds go partly to the Susan G. Komen Foundation? Where do they get the cookbook? Where can they find it?
4: It's online at www.cookingtogether.com.
1: Cookingtogether.com, so easy. Yeah cookingtogether.com, and the cookbook is called Cooking Together, but it has a byline, Revisited, a Cook's Cookbook, and full of these wonderful recipes, the story of of Tom and Joyce Rose and how they started out all those many years together, cooking at the YWCA, and then having a weekly TV show, and now this wonderful uh, YouTube offering every week. You can find it, Cooking Together Generations. My guests are Amanda McMahon, Brock Rose, and Tom Rose, a wonderful three-generation family creating lovely, happy content that will also hopefully teach you how to cook. I know I need some lessons myself for sure. I thank you all for coming on the way home today. Thank you so much.
6: Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Come on over anytime.
1: be careful what you ask (laughs) i will be there every week it's so wonderful cooking together everybody cooking together generations is the name of the youtube video check it out online learn and have fun with this wonderful wonderful family that has learned the true recipe of living we'll be right back you're listening to the way home i'm laura smith
0: welcome back you're listening to the way home with laura smith here's laura
1: well, the pandemic had kids at home uh, for the better part of all last year and some of this year as well. But the summer's coming. It seems as though some of the, uh, well, normal things that we, we expect to do in the summer are are coming back. Um, so I really want to talk about right now what opportunities there are for children um, after school, also uh, summer programs. My guests today are Jody Grant. She's the executive director of After. School Alliance, and Jennifer McComb, Senior Policy Researcher, Rand. Great to have you both today on The Way Home. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Yes. I mean, I can only imagine with kids not being in school, that also affects their, their wonderful opportunities after school for either, um, support with, with schoolwork or actual programs. I used to teach after school, uh, things when my daughter was in elementary school and it was so rewarding and, and kids get so much out of it. Since the pandemic, what has changed for children and their accessibility, being able to um, have dip- programs after school? And then we'll talk about some of you know.
3: Right. Well, one of the interesting things is, you know, after school programs um, during the pandemic, many of them went from being after school to all day long. And for so many of our kids, um, whether it was virtual after school or in some places, literally creating learning hubs where kids could do virtual school and then have enrichment um, programs morphed to be delivering meals, delivering lesson plans and delivering learning throughout the day. And I think that as we enter, you know, what we'd like to think of as hopefully our recovery, um, more than ever, we want kids to be able to be interacting with other kids, interacting with caring adults, and participating in all of the exciting enrichment and hands-on learning that they can get in after-school and summer learning programs. And this study that we just released, it's really groundbreaking, because what it shows is that since we began doing these studies in 2008, the number of kids that are participating in summer enrichment programs has grown tremendously but that disparities in access have also continued to grow so that for every child that had access in 2019 to a summer learning program there was um, another child that did not so there are you know 14 million kids whose parents want them to be in programs that don't have these programs and so um, you know now more than ever we need as communities to come together and address that
1: well so what has happened um I, I'm not sure exactly where you're located. I mean, where I am, um, kids have been uh, in school, um, in class, learning since um, last August tw- in 2020. Um, other kids have not yet been able to go back to school. So who are you able to reach with the summer programs? And are these in person or are these going to be virtual still? I mean, how so, how are these going to so be yeah, that's a wonderful question.
3: And, you know, kids in different parts of the country, some are still doing hybrid and um, some are back. But one of the great things, and I'm going to pass it over to Jen, is that summer learning programs have been going on for a long time. And there's a lot of evidence that she can talk about about why they matter so much. But the reality is this is for all kids. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like prior to the pandemic, this was pretty important. And I think um, the one thing we'll see post-pandemic is even more Demand for kids to be active engaged in learning this summer, um, particularly those that haven't had the chance to do that you know throughout the school year
1: yes so so Jennifer um, do tell us how many how many kids in general are able to participate in these programs, and is it because just certain school districts just don't have the money for it or are they just not on board with having summer programs um what is happening around the country in terms of these programs are they accessible has the money that's been acquired during the pandemic uh, allowed now for for summer programs and are they going to be back in full swing
7: Right. So I think that we'll see sort of a lot of variation across the country about what things look like district to district level. But I want to back up a minute and actually talk a little bit about why summer is so important. So I've been studying summer programming for about a decade now. So, you know, far in advance of COVID. And what we know and research shows is that without intentional effort, Summers is a time that can really increase inequity and perpetuate and expand achievement and opportunity gaps that exist between children from families with low and higher incomes. Um, and at the same time, Summers is a great opportunity. So it provides time to provide programming that allows kids to explore interests, develop new skills, meet new friends, and have new experiences. And it's also a great time to provide targeted services and programs that address specific needs. And so there are a lot of different types of summer programs um, that Jodi has alluded to. So that includes sort of like academic programs that sort of like include academic and enrichment activities, very camp-like programs, specialized programs aimed at developing skills and interests. And also there are programs that are around like youth employment or something like that. And um, in a systematic evidence review that we've conducted around summer programming, we found evidence of many different types of programs. Um, so programs can be designed to address academic learning, social and emotional well-being, um, skills and interests, um, employment, mental health. And we have programs that are offered across all grade levels. And what those look like really vary depending on the developmental needs of kids and their age levels. Um, but what's common is that to be effective, they need to be intentionally designed to meet kids' needs, they need to be of high quality um, and sufficient duration and engaging enough the kids to generate strong attendance.
1: So are they? I mean, is it available? How, how uh-huh. does each, you know, each school district um, handle this? Are, are they all on board with offering this to um, so, all, their, all the students?
3: So the answer is no and that's um, one of the reasons I'm so glad that um, we are able to talk to you today and it doesn't need to be a school district so we are talking about partnerships with YMCA's with Boys and Girls Clubs with 4-H with camps with um, you know could be with businesses so really looking at the best of the communities and in many of these places summer uh, learning programs you might have a YMCA hiring certified teachers to work as part of their program so it really feels camp like while. Wow the kids are also having these learning opportunities and one of the things that we're very concerned about this summer is that a lot of school districts are going to take their um, money from COVID relief and just do more school which, huh. you know, I think for many kids um, may feel like punishment and is not going to necessarily, you know, more time on task is not necessarily more effective than a broader holistic learning opportunity that where kids can really thrive um, and have fun while learning at the same time. So we are yeah. urging school districts to partner um, to bring all sorts of resources to kids.
7: Jen? Actually, I've seen um, a lot of significant interest in uh, sort of a newer model of what it means to have an academic summer learning program and we have very robust models and we've studied this model sort of like over a longitudinal period of time and these are programs that are operated with districts between districts and community partners that are designed to address academic learning and opportunities. So they provide um, about three hours of academic instruction day, and then a set of fun, engaging activities that one might have at camp. So art, drama, swimming, rock climbing, those types of things that are offered by community partners. And what we find is these types of programs um, were operated like full day, five days a week, providing free meals, transportation, And often they're of no cost to families. So they're really lowering all the barriers to entry of these programs. There tends to be very strong demand for them. And we know from our studies that they can be effective, particularly for kids who attend at high rates. And so that's really critical. Um, So it's critical that we have both engaging academic learning and engaging enrichment programs um, so that kids can really benefit from them. Absolutely.
1: So um, please tell um, my listeners where they can find out more information if there are these programs that are offered in their community. And if they're not, how they can um, either help to create something or find find a place that does have them. Um, Where where can they get more information, please?
3: So I encourage all your listeners to go to www.helpkidsrecover.org. And there is all sorts of information there, including, you know, information for every state um, to either help find programs that exist and can expand or to be creating those programs in your community.
1: So that's helpkidsrecover.org, you said? Correct. Okay, HelpKidsRecover.org. Summer, especially this summer, after the year that so many children have experienced would be... Just the, the perfect time to um, get back into life socially, academically, um, and in ways that enrich their lives. It's so important. I'm grateful to have you today, Jody Grant, Executive Director of After School Alliance, and Jennifer McCombs, Senior Policy Researcher at RAND. Thank you both so much. And it's such it's so important. And I I really really hope that this summer. Um, affords these wonderful opportunities for children. They so deserve it after the year we've had. Yeah, Thank you for joining do. me on the way home today, ladies. Thank you.
2: Thank you. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
8: The product's super. I've heard about Balance of Nature for some time, and I just thought I'd get involved. And so when I did, I started taking it and I saw a difference it kind of balanced out my health if you will so my doctor was pleased with that he said what are you doing what's going on and i just said i said well i'm taking this extra thing called balance of nature and he said that's good that's good so i admonish all people that have some type of health issue you know try it it really helped my health and i know the product works Right
2: now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call one 800 2468 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code Laura.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura.
2: Well, Medicaid and CHIP are giving kids
1: a shot to stay healthy this flu season. My guest is Dr. Doug Olson, the chief medical officer, Medicaid and CHIP, uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Dr. Olson, thanks for joining us on the way home.
8: Laura, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: I know that uh, kids are hospitalized every year where everything has been about the pandemic, but flu also lands children in the hospital. And it's uh, more crucial than ever that uh, we know that that kids uh, around the country are actually eligible for and receive um, the the insurance that they need. Uh, Tell us three things that parents need to know.
8: Of course. Uh, and, And you're right. Thanks for those comments. I mean, Making, and making sure that kids have insurance coverage is, is really important, um, both both for flu vaccination and for all the other reasons that, that we know are common sense. And so, you know, I would say that the first thing that parents and caregivers need to know is that um, kids need to get and keep their coverage. Uh, and that's number one. And number two, once they have that coverage, it's to get a flu shot uh, for reasons that you just mentioned. The third is uh, that we know during the pandemic, Care hasn't been like it used to be in years past. There have been some missed appointments, and due to those missed appointments, there have been some gaps in care. So with coverage uh, and and knowing that there's gaps in care, uh, parents and caregivers should pick up the phone, make sure that they have an appointment scheduled, and make sure that Their kid that they are responsible for and love is not one of these uh, children that does have a gap in care and they can get caught up on screenings and vaccinations that are necessary to keep their children happy and healthy.
1: Right. Well, it's interesting. When I, when I think of the flu vaccine, for some reason, I don't think about kids getting it. I usually think of it as uh, more of something for the elderly. Um, I'm not sure why that's the way I've been thinking traditionally, but so uh, they should get it. And then obviously down the road, vaccines are going to be uh, available uh, for the pandemic as well. Are children going to be Um, able to get those or receive those or, or where do they fit on in terms of the, the long line of people waiting to get vaccinated for COVID?
8: Of course, I mean, kids um, you know should get vaccinated for the flu you 're right you 're not alone in the, in the way you 're thinking about this. I think a lot of people think that, but the the flu last year still hospitalized more than fifty thousand kids, and so it still makes an um, an unfortunately impressive mark on this population i I should say that um, you know the the good news is that many kids are happy and healthy and so because they're healthy and a lot of them aren't ill um, they are not necessarily at the front of the line for these COVID vaccines we, we've heard from the CDC at this point so will they get those vaccines uh, at some point absolutely are they going to be at the front of the line by and large not um, you know with some rare exceptions but at some point they too will be vaccinated and um, and you know we will as a nation um be better off when we're able to m- move on from our current pandemic.
1: Sure. So uh, just give us a, a background on Medicaid and CHIP. What's the difference between them and who is eligible uh, for those programs?
8: Sure. CHIP stands for the Children's Health Insurance Program. And in many ways, CHIP is uh, coverage for children and adolescents uh, in, in states where, where Medicaid might be the coverage for adults. Now that's not to say in some states Medicaid uh, also covers children but it is a health insurance program for uh, low to moderate income families and CHIP and Medicaid cover all kids up to uh, age 19 and so That's who qualifies for it, Uh, and regardless of whether it's Medicaid or CHIP, um, it really does have a holistic and far-reaching benefit package.
1: I know that uh, open enrollment for Medicare uh, ended on December 7th. What about uh, for Medicaid and CHIP? Is, Is there an enrollment period that people need to be aware of?
8: We the, There is no enrollment period for Medicaid and CHIP um, or another way of saying that might be enrollment for Medicaid and CHIP this year and every year is 365 days a year and I, that's just you know a real commitment uh, on, on the part of the federal and state governments to make sure that kids and adolescents that need coverage get it and, there, and there's really no delay in care whatsoever. So um, no open enrollment period, the time to get covered is always now.
1: And what are some of the el- eligibility uh, standards or criteria for children to receive it
8: uh, they uh, children and adolescents again up till the age of nineteen uh, generally come from uh, would come from a family with a low to moderate uh, income and you know for rule of thumb is is about $50,000 a year for a family of four, realizing that uh, families can be of smaller and larger sizes, and those income eligibility limits will appropriately change uh, from that $50,000. So th- the best way for any family, if they're wondering, do I qualify for this, is, is really to just be proactive about it, pick up the phone, and and call um, The number to enroll and to get more information is 877-KIDS-NOW. Again, that's 877-KIDS-NOW. Or if they want to go to the website, they can go to insurekidsnow.gov. And I'll repeat that, insurekidsnow.gov.
1: Both easy to remember and really important. I'm just wondering, um, it, when they do get coverage, does it cover just about everything or is it like some of our premiums that we have as adults buying insurance? Do we have, do they have large deductibles and things like that to worry about?
8: So really fantastic question, and we think of Medicaid and CHIP as um, a a no-cost or very, very, very (laughs) low-cost health insurance program, and um, for, for those services, it is not just medical services, it, although medical services you know include vaccines, they include medications, um, preventive care, urgent care, and emergency care, God forbid, but they also include things like specialty care, primary care, and behavioral health, substance use services, and dental care. So it, you know chip and Medicaid, especially for kids, are even more robust with really no cost. And those are important differences compared to what some of your listeners might think of as sort of typical adult insurance.
1: That is really great news and a wonderful time to make sure that your kids have the coverage they need and deserve. The number again is 877-KIDS-NOW if you want to pick up the phone and call about CHIP or Medicaid for your children or insure kidsnow.gov. Dr. Doug Olson, thank you so much for joining us today on The Way Home. Very helpful.
8: It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us.
1: I'm Laura Smith. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Laura Smith, and here's a minute of purpose, improving your life 60 seconds at a time. The concept of self-love may sound kind of selfish, but it's essential for living your best life. So what are some things you can do to have a better relationship with yourself? One, try affirmations. This is about repeating a short, positive statement about yourself on a regular basis. So what's something good you can choose to affirm? Come on, there are at least a few things. Two, mirror work. This is just what it sounds like. If you have a problem, talk to yourself in the mirror. You might be surprised at the solutions you come up with. Three, try new things. Shake it up and get out of your rut. It builds confidence. Finally, practice random acts of kindness. Not only do they help other people, they'll make you feel great too. Loving yourself is key to a great life. So appreciate your unique place in the world. This has been your Minute of Purpose. Find more now at NowWithPurpose.com. Welcome
0: back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura.
1: Well, as we uh, head out into a brand new week, we love to keep you inspired and um, feeling positive, and we do that with good news. And of course, the guru of good news would have all that. His name's Jim Cleefield. I call him Jimmy Dean. He's just a great friend and a great broadcaster, and he goes out into the world, finds uh wonderful stories on the interweb and brings them to us every week and we're so grateful for that so uh, i know you have a couple of them tonight jimmy uh what are you going to start us off with in terms of your good news stories tonight
0: okay we're going to start you off uh, in alabama and uh in the context because of the pandemic all the graduations last year were either online or they didn't happen at all well in this particular case there was a graduation that was happening in person, and there was um, an 18-year-old boy named Timothy Harrison who was working a job at uh, at a Waffle House at the time. And the, while the graduation was happening, he was reporting to work. Now, was, what made this very interesting is the fact that his bosses were wondering... Why did you show up today? Aren't you supposed to be at your graduation? Well, Harrison was saying that he didn't have any transportation to go across where the ceremony was being held. He didn't have any tickets for his family, and he didn't complete all his senior activities. Now, what those, I have no idea. But anyway, Cedric, who was the manager, said, you're going, young man. And so they banded together all of his coworkers to get him some transportation to go over to the high school where he was graduating with his friends. And uh they just it was really a team effort. Shantana Blevins uh, drove Timothy over to the high school to get the cap and gown and as uh, a professor of mine at Cushing used to say C and G and he got to enjoy the ceremony and uh, after that happened he went to the eventual ceremony and He just really, he was so grateful to be there because, uh, I mean, I can't imagine anybody having to try to work and miss their graduation. I mean, uh, my family was supposed to go to graduation last year, and it unfortunately was not held during the pandemic. But anyway, he was so grateful. Uh, Harrison said, um, you know, they they gave me clothes, they gave me a tie, a suit. They wanted me to feel like a million bucks. And he said, I'm just grateful that my coworkers were able to get me to my graduation because I didn't want to miss that event. And he's just very, very blessed and very relieved and happy.
1: Oh, that's really wonderful. I, I mean, that really says something gives you a lot of hope and faith, uh, you know, in our youngsters that uh, as much as he wanted to be at his graduation, he had an obligation to keep his job. And so he did that. But the universe and some really wonderful uh, earth angels helped to make uh Make sure that he didn't miss out on that important milestone in his life. That's really beautiful. Yes. Great stuff. I love that. What else do you have for us today, Jimmy?
0: Well, there's another story. Uh, as you and I, of course, love animals. We've been friends for a long time, and uh, we're always afraid of perhaps losing our dog, our pet, our loved one, or escaping somewhere. You could tend to be protective as a parent, sometimes venturing into the land of overprotectiveness, let's say. well. What happened was in Idaho, uh, there was uh, this family that was driving on a highway in Idaho. There was a vehicle collision. Thankfully, nobody was injured. Now, the dog, whose name is Tilly, escaped from the car. They didn't know what happened to the dog. They didn't know where it was. It was missing. It was missing. And so later what happened was uh, the family decided to uh, create a Facebook post uh, to try to find to see where the dog was. And fortunately, the dog ended up on a farm somewhere herding sheep, trying to blend in with all the other animals. And there were two brothers there and wonder who this dog was. So... Somehow, word got to the grandmother, who then created the post. And then eventually, Tilly was reunited with her family. They they found her somewhere. She was safe. She was unharmed. Yes, she lost a little bit of weight, but she was healthy. And uh, fortunately, uh, they were able to bring it back uh, to the family. So uh, very, very fortunate. It could have been worse.
1: Well, I think it's just amazing that uh, the dog ended up doing what its natural instincts were, which were herding sheep, Um I think that's what a border collie is known for, right? That's I don't right. think. Uh, Bob Small, do you know anything about dogs?
6: Well, I know a little bit, and, and I don't. I know that border collies definitely—that's what their natural ability is—is is to herd animals, not just sheep, any animal. Any, yeah. yeah. I wonder what
1: that family must have thought when all of a sudden, this. Uh, this dog kind of comes out of nowhere and starts hurting its sheep but so are they the ones that they saw it on facebook somehow it was the grandmother it was
0: the grandmother that got word of this and uh, got back to the oswalds that was the name of the family and fortunately they they were eventually reunited with the dog so just one of those miraculous things it could have been worse i mean like i said we're all afraid of losing you know our pet our loved ones and thankfully by the grace of god they were reunited
1: oh that's really cute i love that he was just doing his thing as a border collie and and uh rounding up those sheep well that's wonderful thank you so much and uh when you go out there uh in you know into the world of the internet and you look for all these stories jimmy How do you how do you find them? Are there good news sites? Are there just uh, are these frequently told stories that are on a lot of different sites? Where do you find them?
0: Sometimes sometimes they'll be uh, on a particular site. Sometimes I can find them on Facebook. I've seen occasional good news stories that I've been able to pull from Facebook. Maybe perhaps you have heard it on the news. And I thought this is worth telling. Uh, I mean, as we say, uplifting stories. We say that for a reason on this show, because we want to we want to. Put you in a really good mood heading into that week. I mean, it's like uh, when I do throwbacks on Facebook. I mean, I want I want to give people some good news to help put them to sleep and be happy the next morning. That's what this is all about. That's why we do this. Yeah.
1: Now there's uh, you can. There's never too much uh, positivity to go around. We can use it all the time. So thanks for that. Thanks for always collecting the great stories. Bob Small, thanks for being our engineer with the most every single week here on the way home. I really appreciate it. And uh, to the rest of you, if you ever want to hear our program again, the podcasts are available on the website wlsam.com wlsam.com or wgch.com wgch it's called the way home with laura smith we love bringing you uh these great guests and i hope you enjoyed tonight's program as well thank you for cooking together generations on youtube check out their videos and their recipes and the, the fun that they create together three generations cooking together in the kitchen um on a weekly basis it's a lot of fun for the rest of you have a beautiful week god bless all things happy and good and healthy stay safe we'll see you next week on the way home